0: Good morning. Hope y'all are doing well. Wanted to uh, open with a section of scripture and then some prayer before we get started. Um, Be reading from John chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Again, that's John chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And the word says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I am so thankful that Christ is working, so thankful for the work that Christ has performed in my life, and I hope that as you sit here today or watching online that you can say the same thing, that Christ has performed a miraculous work in your life. I know for me that's been true um, about 22 years ago or so, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to stop and I just want to say thank you. Lord, thank you for saving me. Lord, thank you that it has nothing to do with me, that I couldn't become righteous enough to get it. Lord, thank you for scripture, like Romans, that tells me that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Lord, I didn't have to get to a certain point where I was good enough to be saved. Father, I thank you for your work of sanctification. Lord, I thank you that you don't save me and just leave me there. Lord, but you continue to um, cut away at the things that need to be cut away at. Lord, and you were so faithful. Father, I could spend the rest of my days just thanking you for my salvation alone, and it wouldn't be enough. Father, I pray that our worship today would be glorifying and honoring to you, Lord, that our service would uh, just be all about you. Lord, it's what you deserve. Lord, help our hearts to be fixed on you, our minds. Lord, our focus. Lord, help us to remember what you've done in our life and around us. Lord, you are a living God who is living and working. Lord, open our eyes to some of those works. We thank you for the service today, and we thank you for who you are. It is in your perfect name that I pray. Amen.
1: glad y'all are here this morning. As you hopefully know, this is the uh, continuation of our missions conference for 2021. It's a little different this year. We're going to have videos from our missionaries, but I wanted to encourage you to um, listen and uh, be encouraged by what they tell us about their work. And if you've been continuing your readings in Exodus, um, it was speaking of people who had a heart for what God was doing. And I pray that for all of us, that we have the heart to step in where he leads us and to use the, the, uh, uh, the abilities that he's given us uh, to spread the gospel and to support missions. We'll have, uh, what we're going to do is have each of the videos, but we'll have a person to present it and then continue on. Thanks.
2: Good morning, everyone. So um, I'm Gleneth Monkis. I serve in the Missions Committee, and I'm here to introduce Joshua and Joy Crank with World Team. Um, Joshua Crank came to the Philippines in 2006 as a member of a group of students from Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, They came to our church, the church that my dad was pastoring, on a um, short term mission trip. My sister, Joy, was uh, one of the youth leaders, young professional leaders of our church. She was also a pastor's daughter, and she speaks English very well. So she was automatically assigned as the um, guide and also translator for that group. So that's how Joy and Joshua met. Um, I will let you uh, guys ask them the rest of their love story. But in 2015... Joined Joshua, packed their bags, and they went to the Philippines for their first um, term in the mission field with World Team. They had um, three children under three years old at that time. So imagine going on a road trip with three kids under three, with uh, but you are not able to do a pit stop, and the only scenery outside are clouds and skies. So, I think the first part of their trip to the Philippines was a 12 hour plane ride. Um, So, anyways, they made it. So, the video that you are going to see is just a very short video of the last five years of their work in the Philippines. Tonight, we will also host a Zoom video. Um, It's an interactive live video, and you guys will get to hear a little bit more about the cranks, ask them questions. I would like to encourage you all to come back tonight and join us. We also have two more interactive live um, Zoom videos with Tim Blyker, Tim and Debbie Bleicher with Avant and also with um, Brian and Karen Reed with iTech. So this is really, hopefully, a very interactive um, time for us to get to know our missionaries. They appreciate our support, our prayers, but I think tonight they would really, really appreciate our love and our and our fellowship and our and our com- and our company. So you know, with COVID, their their work has really been a lot harder and lonelier. So I think tonight they would really love it if they would if we are there um, to encourage them. I know you will be encouraged too, and we'll be blessed by them and. At the same time we're going to be um we are going to be a blessing to them as well so thank you so much
3: hi we are the crank family we are missionaries to the philippines we live and minister in naga city in the southern end of luzon island in the philippines Naga City is a mid sized city of 200,000 people, functioning as an educational business and tourism hub in the Bicol region of 5 million people. Naga City is also considered the center of Marian worship in the Philippines and hosts 2 million people every year for the Pina Francia Festival, in which people worship a small statue of Mary. Viva la so what do we do here? One of our key areas of ministry is training for pastors and church leaders through a small Bible college in which I function as academic dean. Joe and I both teach courses alongside several other professors, and I write all the new courses. Another key focus is discipleship. We have a small group of young adults that we have worked with for several years, building a foundation of spiritual maturity, and several have gone on to attend the Bible college and be sent as pastors or full-time ministers.
4: Who has the power to heal the heart? Who has the power to light the dark? Who has the power to make me home? Home, my sweet Lord.
3: We have also worked for several years in a small squatter community. Beginning with just a couple kids who came by looking for money, food, or work. First Joy and then us both began telling Bible stories, leading games, explaining the gospel, and feeding kids. Three kids became 20, became outreach ministries to the entire community of 150 people. We also assist churches in our area in various ways, assisting in preaching, baptisms, teaching at youth camps, holding crafting clinics with a spiritual side, ordaining new leaders and working through leadership, theological and organizational issues. When COVID struck, the Philippine government instituted a nationwide quarantine limiting movements, shutting down in-person worship, and generally requiring all people to remain in their homes for all but very narrow windows to shop for food and essentials. We were able to partner with the local government to provide psychosocial programs for travelers in 14-day total quarantines. In addition to giving us an avenue for the gospel for some rather captive audiences, we were given special travel privileges that we used to purchase and deliver groceries to people who were unable to work and earn, and were in hard situations for several weeks until the local governments could distribute help.
5: Sing glory, my yeah.
3: uh, uh, uh. Now we are on home assignment. While in America, we are reconnecting with family, reaching out to our supporters and supporting churches, and working on rebuilding law support. We are also continuing education, homeschooling for the kids, master's program for Joy, and I am working on a DMIN. We also are continuing some discipleship and teaching ministry remotely for the communities that we are connected to in the Philippines. If God allows, our plans are to return to the Philippines in late August of this year to resume our ministries. Thank you, Grace Community Church at Deerfoot, for your support of the ministry in the Philippines.
6: Let's stand as we spend a few minutes uh, worshiping the Lord together in song. Um, You know, last week we introduced uh, a song based on John 3.16, and it seemed fitting this week. That's obviously a very powerful verse when it comes to spreading the gospel and and the Great Commission. So let's start off uh, singing that together.
4: For God so loved the world that He gave. His only Son Whosoever believes Will not perish They shall have eternal life I shall hold To the cross I shall hold to Christ alone for his love has salvaged me, for his love has set me free. For God so loved the world that he only Son, whosoever believes will not perish, they shall have eternal life. I shall wish word. By his grace I am released. By his grace I am redeemed. For God So
6: missions week, missions conference, um, there are people that are proclaiming um, that man doesn't reign, that kings don't really reign, that ideologies and philosophies don't really reign. There's only one that really reigns, and that's our God. So let's join them in spirit this morning as we sing this song.
4: the song of the redeemed, rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven, drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Asian believers, filled with God's holy fire. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, a love song born of a grateful choir. It's all God's children singing, Glory, Glory. of darkness can't shroud out a single word. When all God's children sing out glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns, all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns, all God's children sing
7: stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored, and the church of Christ was born, in the Spirit lit the flame. Truth of old Shall not kneel Shall not
6: Thank you, worship team. That's really great music. Uh, Melinda and I met Stephen Taylor about 17 years ago. He was working with uh, Dale Cutlip over at GlobeWorks here in Birmingham. And uh, Stephen uh, K. Taylor, uh, a church planner, serving with TEAM, and it's the Evangelical Alliance Mission in in Japan. (coughs) Uh, Stephen leads the Sunrise Tokyo Ministry Initiative, uh, a team of nine missionaries targeting uh, northwest area of Tokyo working out of a, a Sunrise Cafe. I'll talk a minute more about that in a second. But the Taylors are involved in preaching, teaching, counseling, discipling, and, and evangelism among the Japanese. Stephen uh, Stephen Kay have three children, uh, almost grown, and a dog named Cinnamon Pop-Tart. <laughs> <Taylor>. <laughs> and that's a bio that he sent to us. It's in your bulletin. But I'd like to tell you a little more about Japan. Many of you know Japan is one of the most difficult places in the world to minister, uh, to church plant, to share the gospel. Uh, to see folks come to Christ, about 1.5% of uh, the Japanese population are Christian, and that includes every religion that claims to be Christian. That's Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, anyone who says they're Christian. So there are about 3 million Christians in a population of 125 million people. Now that may not sound too bad to you, but that's actually about 42 Christians per million people. Uh, forty two Christians so that to put that in perspective that 's like if you went out into the general population of the metro area of Birmingham, Alabama, which is about one point two million people, uh, you would have to see twenty eight thousand people before you met a christian so that 's about forty four to forty five Christians in the whole area of Birmingham. <laughs> so how would that change our world? <laughs> I mean, think about the churches everywhere, no, no, they wouldn 't be there. That's the reality of the spiritual environment that, that Stephen and Kay try to minister in every day with their team. So, very difficult place to, uh, to minister there in Japan. <clears throat> uh, it's been a tremendous blessing to kind of follow their ministry. We've been friends a long time now and to see them go to Japan and, and how they have um, learned the language and established a work there in their ministry. And God has used them to establish his church there. Sunrise Church is actually a coffee shop. <clears throat> In a very large metropolitan shopping mall uh, during the day and at night uh, and on weekends and other times, when it's not open, it's a a church. (laughs) It's Sunrise Cafe during the the day and a sunrise church at night and other times. Over the last 45 years, Melinda and I, I think, have known four missionaries ministering in Japan, and uh, they seem to have a couple of common threads as I was thinking about that. One is that all of them have been with TEAM, the Evangelical Alliance Mission. And all of them have used conversational English as a as a springboard into the lives of Japanese people and, and other. You know, it's been a common thing there. So conversational English has always been used as an inroads. Uh, many Japanese want to uh, improve their English, uh, and so they love to sit around and just talk English one on one. You don't have to be an English, uh, you know, have a degree in English to share in Japan with. A, it's just a language. They just want to hear the language how it's spoken. And I'm sure they get a lot of, as they get visitors there, I'm sure they get a lot of different uh, dialects of English. (laughs) I know when I went to Bolivia, uh, no one spoke Spanish like Dean Self, and all the missionaries let me know that. (laughs) So it's kind of that way. But, you know, I believe that the coffee shop that they've started is one of the most creative, innovative, and successful ministries I've seen in Japan in 45 years. And it's been really exciting to follow that ministry and see how the Lord's used it. So we're privileged to hear them this morning, get an update on the report. And just by the way, just in case if he doesn't say it, they love to have visitors. So I know we've been locked down for a year, and all of you are just biting at the bullet to get out there and go, you know. And so think about a trip to Japan. <laughs> you know, when COVID's gone, think about go the visit, Go visit them. Stay a few weeks in the summer and help them minister. Use your conversational skills. <laughs> I know you guys love to talk like I do. So you can share your English with them. But let's hear from Stephen and Kay Taylor.
8: Hello, my name is Stephen Taylor and my wife and I are missionaries serving with the Evangelical Alliance Mission in Tokyo, Japan. We reach out to the area of Northeast Tokyo where the population density is about 50,000 people per square mile. The ministry team we serve with is called the Sunrise Tokyo Initiative. and Today we'd like to give you a brief overview of our ministry and tell you how the pandemic has affected the work here. Our team started a cafe as a way to reach out to the community. We're located on a very busy shopping mall in an urban environment. The mission of Sunrise Cafe is to share the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Tokyo has a population of over 36 million people that makes it the largest collection of lost souls in the history of the world. In a country where so few are Christians, We want to shine brightly with the light of Christ. Our hope is that God will draw the hungry and the hopeless and the hurting people of Tokyo toward the light. Sunrise Cafe operates like any other business in our neighborhood. We try to have a reputation for delicious, high quality food. Our purpose in everything is to draw people toward sunrise so that we can build relationships leading to sharing Christ. One of our ministry partners is our kitchen manager Mahoko. She is a strong Christian who sees her work at sunrise as part of her ministry. For the missionaries, Our goal is to focus on building relationships. We want to have time to talk to the customers and get to know them. Much of our most effective ministry began with simple conversations in the cafe with customers. Most people who attend our Bible studies in church began as customers of the cafe. We also build relationships through teaching conversational English. But the cafe is just a starting point We also reach out to the community through holding special children's outreach events. And we have special cooking and craft classes during the day. We also host regular Christian music nights. These events draw in the community and give a place for the Christian artists to perform. Let's hear what some of our non-Christian customers say about Sunrise. Uh, People are
1: friendly, so first I... I used to come here every day and gradually I became friends with customers and they are very good and friendly. I
5: like Sunrise Cafe very much because the place is very cozy and relaxing Mm -hmm. and also it provides a good lesson on the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know I'm not a Christian but to have the knowledge of the Bible is very important, I think, in communicating with the people in the U.S. or European countries. Uh, there is a good, cup cupware, so you can come anytime.
8: Our goal is to build relationships that lead to sharing Christ. As we see people respond to the light, We present opportunities to study God's Word. We teach Bible studies and discipleship groups in the cafe in the evening. Our connections at the cafe became the core of Sunrise Church. Every Sunday morning, we rearrange the chairs and the cafe becomes a church. God has blessed the church and we've seen the numbers grow over the past few years. And ministry doesn't stop after the church service is over. People hang out for hours. About one third of the people you see in this video are actually non Christian seekers. The church members are learning to build relationships in order to share the gospel. We've seen God work in the hearts of the lost in amazing ways.
5: I was introduced to Christianity when I was in junior high school. I went to church during that time also, but it took me
4: 25, 26 years until I finally accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord.
5: 母と婚約者の字体確認
8: this dear brother was left homeless and suffering greatly after the earthquake and tsunami. Sunrise provided a place for him to stay and after some time also found a new job and a new life for him with another team ministry. More and more, we've seen our church members active in ministry and taking ownership. And we've been able to establish a clear presence in our community. This is greatly encouraging. So how did the pandemic affect our ministry? In March of last year, the Japanese government announced a state of emergency. This effectively shut down all public gatherings. For the past year, the pandemic has been a perfect storm of difficult circumstances. Like many churches in America, we were forced into online-only services. At first, we pre-recorded the service, collecting clips from church members and missionaries. We tried reopening in the summer, but virus cases went up and people were really worried about coming, so we had to take a step back. In the fall, the numbers dropped and we returned to open services. But then numbers climbed again, and right now, Tokyo is under a state of emergency. So our services are closed again, and broadcasting live. Honestly, this has all been tiring, a little stressful, and a lot frustrating. But we're also doing Bible studies and prayer meetings via Zoom, and that's held together a faithful core of members. But we're really faced with rebuilding Sunrise, both the cafe outreach and the church, and that's really where we need your prayer. No one ever said trying to plant churches in Tokyo would be easy, but now we're facing three special challenges that we need you to join with us in praying for. All three of them involve rebuilding. The first challenge is rebuilding the Sunrise ministry team. Our incredible team is one of the things that made Sunrise so effective in ministry. Each missionary had their own gifts and passions. Kelly Vaughn, who helped start Sunrise Cafe, will be retiring soon. One of our dreams has also always been to start a second ministry center. The McGarrigan family will soon start a new ministry initiative called The Neighborhood. Their focus will be on reaching children, students and young adults with the gospel. Gordon and Julie Hengefeld will join them to serve as ministry interns. That leaves four of us to rebuild Sunrise Cafe in church. And this is a challenge, but God is able. The second challenge is rebuilding the ministry outreach of Sunrise Cafe. All our special classes and events have been shut down for almost a year. We've been unable to teach English, which was a major way to meet new people. Please pray for Kay and me as we begin to focus on this exciting ministry of rebuilding. It's a challenge, but God is able. The third challenge is rebuilding Sunrise Church. We have a core of faithful members. We will need to work to rebuild our large network of non-Christian contacts. Pray for us as we seek to restart in-person church services and discipleship groups and Bible studies. It's a challenge, but we're looking forward to it. When we first saw Sunrise Cafe, it was an empty shell. We had to build up everything. And we did it as a team together and we did it trusting God. We'll do the same thing again and we're confident that God will again do a great work through sunrise. A reading from Ezra chapter 3. Now when the builders had laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. They sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yet many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, while many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the sound was heard far away. The pandemic has taken away so much from so many. All of us face the challenge of rebuilding our lives, our relationships, and our ministries. Kay and I identify with both groups in Ezra chapter three. We weep for what has been lost and for so many, that are suffering. But we also rejoice because our foundation is firm and secure. God has done great things through sunrise and he will continue to do them because there are so many here that have not heard and so few workers to share the gospel ministries like sunrise are needed so please pray for us as we rebuild we do so with a mixture of sorrow and rejoicing please remember to pray for japan for sunrise and for the taylor family here in tokyo thank you so much
1: Wow, we see that uh, there's a lot of hurting. It's all over the world. We saw a very good picture of it there. That man who lost so much of his family and everything that he owned. But he turned to the Lord and found comfort there and with the people of the church as well. So grateful for that. Our next uh, video will be from somebody that many of you know, Gene Jordan. Gene works with uh, Mission Aviation Fellowship, MAF, and has been there over 40 years. He's been there his whole career, basically, if you want to think of it that way. Um, He was born in Ecuador um, and ended up with his parents moving to other Hispanic countries in South America, serving there. And he he ended up, uh, after he graduated high school, he attended Bryan College. And I'm a graduate from there myself. Not that that means much, but it's interesting. If you look at his Facebook page, he says that uh, he studied Lynn while he was at Bryan College. And if you know who Lynn is, that's his wife. <laughs> so um, Anyway, he's, he's a funny guy. He's very interesting to listen to. Um, we've had him here at our... Uh, conference a number of years and uh, always entertaining always has great stories to tell from in the jungles uh, after he graduated brian he attended a, a moody aviation training to be a jungle pilot and he did that for many years uh, and that's where a lot of his stories come from and if you ever want to just give him a call and ask him for a story i'm sure he'd give it to you he's a great guy um, he after flying uh, All around the world in different places with MAF. Uh, He ended up going on to staff with them and is now located in um, Idaho where their headquarters are and he's serving as uh, the head of public relations for MAF at this time. Um, We appreciate him getting us a video to let us know about the ministry that's going on. It's the same kind of thing of dealing with the hurts of people around the world, supplying aid and uh, doing good works for them where he finds opportunity. And uh, he'll be telling us some about that in this next video. Uh, I wish he could be here with us, and I'm sure he will be again. He's always quite willing to travel. If we invite him, he's on a plane and he'll be here. So uh, let's listen to see what Gene has to say.
9: Greetings from Northwest And Idaho, where it's a beautiful day out here. I'm sorry I can't be with you guys at Grace. It'd be nice to, but we're all living in this crazy, crazy world. You know, I am very grateful for the history of Grace because we go back way to the times when it was Faith Chapel and Huffman. And then you moved out to Deerfoot and then combined with the other church. It's great. Thank you for your support over many, many years for Lynn, for myself, and for MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship. I'd like to show you um, a short clip of MAF work, and you're not gonna see a lot of airplanes in it. You'll see a few, but what you're going to see is the work over time of introducing the gospel to people who have never heard before. And MAF has been privileged to introduce the missionaries, to these people. They found them and then supported them while they've been working to teach them about a God who created them and a God who loved them. So I'll see you on the other side of the video. Thanks.
10: the Moy officially in 2000, June of 2000. We did some survey trips here, actually in conjunction with MAF. They helped us kind of point us in the right direction where we needed to look. They were totally uncontacted, unreached by the outside world. So they didn't know that they were part of the country of Indonesia. They didn't have money, they didn't have clothes, they couldn't speak Indonesian. So our first days in Moy, were very difficult because we were working in a monolingual situation. We we had no way of communicating with them. A lot of what we learned was by hand signals, writing things down phonetically. Uh, and that just it just took a really, really long time before we were able to communicate with them. And so we just tried to immerse ourselves in the culture. Whatever they were doing, we wanted to be a part of it and and be as enthusiastic about it as possible.
11: In order to get to know them, we would need to learn what they, how they live, sleep in their huts with them, go to their gardens with them, just see how they function on a day-to-day basis. And living among them here definitely helped with that. We were able to be more involved in their lives.
10: And then through those relationships, then we began to ask questions about things that were happening in the culture. And then that's the language actually came from that. So we didn't start with language and then work the other way. It started with those relationships. Translation is a huge project. It hinges on the literacy. So, if they don't know how to read and write, they can't read God's Word. So, we went through a literacy program, we had a few readers, and then the very first day that we went to teach, we handed them scripture booklets, and and we said, this isn't our religion, this is what the Creator of the universe wants to say to you. So they would open it up, and then Genesis 1-1, You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the world, and, and the earth, and And uh, right away, they were like, well, who is this Creator? What's His name?
11: The Holy Spirit's really moved in their hearts to make them passionate about His Word. Mm -hmm. The women especially often come by the house and share with me what they were reading last night, throughout the night. Very, very often, the ladies will, will share with me different things they're learning. So it's been actually really thrilling for us to see how God's Word has gone forth, where it's really moving people's lives and changing people's lives.
10: I think God's word has changed everything for them. And To know that the Creator of the universe cares for them, He has a future plan for them. There's there's just a joy that permeates the whole the whole community.
11: Part of our goal is making sure that the Moi have a community where they're where they have education, where they have clinic, even if we're not here. And up to this point, a couple of years ago, we were the only ones that were offering that to them. So we're so thankful that now we have these other team members here that are. Are helping us with the education of our children, the health needs of our of the people.
10: When I think back to our relationship with MAF, they were there before we came in, helping us with surveys. They helped us during the surveys. They helped us even during the days when we didn't have an airstrip, and even to this day, uh, when the pilots land here and they drop off whatever our orders have been. They're very engaged with what's, what's going on here. It's that kind of friendship and camaraderie we have with them. And so we feel extremely spoiled with that arm of support that has always been there for us over these yeah, 18 years. Our ultimate hope for the white people is that they be mature in Christ. That's why we haven't left yet, because the New Testament's not translated yet. And they need that for that maturity. We know that Bible translation, literacy—that's that's a huge part of it. We know that their relationship as a church here and the way they connect with the outside world—that's important. We know that leadership in the church, disciples, and being discipled. We want we want to see all this taking place within a church. We want to see them mature in Christ. We want to see their lives counting.
9: I hope you guys enjoyed that quick look at the Moy people and how they have come to understand that there's a God that loves them, that created them, that gave his son for them. MAF is committed to search around the world and to find people that yet have to hear about Jesus who live in remote airplanes and we can use airplanes to get out to them. We want to support the missionaries that are doing that around the world and be there for them, enable their ministry. We also want to strengthen the church and the leaders as they grow these churches and teach their people. We also have a deep desire to serve them in many different ways. We can do that by maybe an air ambulance flight when somebody's sick, or taking in materials to build a school or a church. We want to serve their people and show them we really really care for them. So thank you, Grace Community, for the part you've been around the world in this. As a family, we're doing well. Lynn is doing well. She's been teaching in a bilingual school. Both of our girls are doing well in ministry in the States and back in Ecuador. So thank you for your part in reaching the world for Christ.
12: <clears throat> Bonjour. Bienvenue. I probably royally messed that up. How many pe- people speak French? Anybody? Nobody? A little we. Oui? Is that what that meant? Okay. Uh, the red, white, and blue flag. Um, this one, not that one. This one is uh, France. Uh, so I want to introduce the birches to you. Uh, I have known Brandon and Michelle and their family uh, for uh, over a decade. And uh, Brandon has been a very integral part of my life. Um, God has used him in tremendous ways, actually. Um, So they are over in France. And um, their video um, has some French in it. So you won't be able to read some of it. The song confused me. It's in French also. Um, So they have a very cool piece of their ministry that God has led them to that they're going to share with us. Um, and so, uh, as a matter of fact, I will share this part uh, just Friday, uh, this past Friday. Uh, they closed on this house that they uh, that they share about in their video. Uh, so very cool, very, it's a first-time homeowner deal, and it's in France. So um, if you knew Brandon, the first time he, he said something in French to me, I said, man, what did you say to me? I, I didn't understand what he was saying. And it's just cool how they have developed and developed these relationships uh, in France. Uh, their youngest son, he and I share uh, the same birthday, uh, which is a very cool thing. And so I always make sure to tell him happy birthday uh, when that comes around. Uh, what I, there was a lot of things to share about the birches. And what I really wanted to focus on was um, there's... Basically, one church uh, per 38,000 people in France today. Uh, the goal for World Team France, which is who they're uh, with, uh, is one church per 10,000 people. Uh, so over in France, the, there's 1% of the population uh, that express their evangelicals. Okay? Um, and, and this other piece, and since we're, we're talking about missions, uh, Brandon and I have talked um, about... A mission trip from from Grace Community Church to France uh, when that can be worked out, um, so we 've been in discussion with that, and, and the vision being you know taking uh, maybe our college folks and uh, just multi generations from our church, uh, maybe some youth, maybe the seniors of the youth as well, uh, and going over there and, and just supporting them in whatever way we can, um, I think there's a prime opportunity, and they 'll share that um, in their video here. And so you will probably hear, be hearing more about that uh, as we develop that. Um, so, uh, with with that, the birches are uh, God is using them in a in a tremendous way over in France, and I think it's a it's a, a welcome for us to be supporting the birches. Um, and so I look forward to uh, how we continue to develop that, how we continue to grow that relationship. Um, you know, you'll hear. Uh, Folks around here talk about just that heart connection, um, and I think that's so important. And when we think about the transitions from each generation um, and just how impactful that is, um, it, it can it can grow. God can do what he wants with it, right? Uh, so just pray for the birches. Uh, there have been challenges uh, definitely with vehicles in the past few years for them. Uh, they're excited about this house uh, that they are actually— uh, converting into some very cool ministry things um, for France there. Uh, they've been involved in planning churches. Uh, they have other team members that have done that as well. Um, and so that's continuing to grow. Um, where this, this place is, you'll see a map uh, that he shares, and it's just so strategic where it's at. It's just really cool. Um, and so Brandon is a big, uh, he is a musician, um, and uh, his children uh, have developed in that area as well. Um, and Michelle has spent time in France before. Um, I think that's where the love of France came from. Um, so her studies there, and God just led them uh, to move there and uh, to start planting churches. Uh, so with that, I'll uh, let the birches share with us.
5: Bonjour. Hello. Hi. Hi. My name is Karis and I'm 13. This is Micah, Asher, and Noam. Micah is 11, Asher is 9, and Noam is 7. And this is Grismouth, He's 2.
13: We live in France. We're the Birch family. Hello to everyone there at Grace Community Church. Been in France a little over six years now, doing church planning. We're so thankful for uh, you guys have been praying and giving towards that work, and we're glad to be a part of your uh, this year's missions conference uh, from afar. So. Just as a way of intro, I'm going to show you kind of a two part video here. One just has some quick highlights from the, over the past year or so of some of the events we had um, before the pandemic uh, started. And then another video at the end that's going to show you kind of a um, uh, new direction that our project is taking. So we're glad to give you that news as well. well we're praying for you. Hope you have a great conference and uh, see you soon. Au Enjoy. Bye. Bye. It's my pleasure to share with you about what's going on with our project uh, at La Jurenne in France. And now expanding to a nearby town in val with the purchase of a house uh, that also has an old button factory on the property. Um, so how did this come about? Well, it all started with this guy, Elias Wallace, who is a uh, teacher but also an aspiring musician, songwriter, and singer. Find his music on, on Spotify. You'll enjoy it they had this idea um, to purchase a house it's hard to come across buildings here for the use of uh, ministry purposes in france and he said well what if we buy a house that already has extra buildings on it like a, uh, an old barn or button factory in this case so him and his family prayed about that uh, with us and they were trying to purchase a house um, it became too complicated for their family to do it but then they We switched to plan B and they backed our family so that we would be able to buy it in our name. And here we are. Um, This is said house, an old house. It's ready for us to move in, hopefully by the end of February. And here is that button factory I mentioned. From the outside, here's a view from the inside. So what's the plan? The plan is to create a, a cultural center here. That could be a service to the town, provide value to the town, something that they would appreciate, provide a meeting space. It would give us some credibility and some visibility for some of the things that we do. Um, English classes, music classes, other events, and then also have the religious um, instruction also offered on the side. So this will be our kind of entry point um, into the community and a way for them to get to know us and really help with the relationship aspect. You see some of the old hardware still up there, which is cool, and hope to preserve View of the garden and the backyard. Hope to be able to use that for some outdoor events as well. Finally, the rubble um, signifying the, the work that's still to come. And here, just where it's located in the town was cool too. Right next to the school, um, real close to where there's an outdoor market i um, in the center of things in this small town. And so God definitely um, provided there. A few quick prayer needs. Just pray for uh, there to be no complications due to COVID with the move. Um, pray for new relationships um, to be built quickly with neighbors and the new mayor. Pray for God to lead us to the right architect on the renovation of the button factory. Just for our team as we adjust to new walls. And so we praise God just for the way that he's Working and doing unique and surprising things, even in the midst of this pandemic. We thank you for your prayers. My best.
0: Well, thank you, Missions Committee, um, for putting today together. And uh, next week, I'm looking forward to next week and tonight as well. Um, just a couple things I was thinking through. Um, I'm definitely not the Holy Spirit, though I do have him living inside of me. Um, a couple things I was thinking through was, all right, obviously the Lord's working. Um, Christ is working. And it's not just here, but it's abroad. He's working everywhere. And so some things going through my mind was, okay, Lord, what can I do? Um, What work can I provide? And so just a couple things I jotted down um, maybe that you can consider for yourself is pray for those that are out there working. Pray for those that are here working. Uh, Financially support. Financially support people. Um, Pray about that. Pray where the Lord would have him send his money because ultimately our money is his. And so just pray where he he would send his money. Pray about maybe some trips to go on. You know, the church tends to provide uh, trips that we can go, short-term missions trips. Maybe pray through that. Maybe, I know you would mentioned going to Japan. I think Mr. Nichols mentioned that. So, you know, there's things that you can do on your own. Reach out to a missionary and set something up. Go through the missions committee. But seek out some trips that we can go on and, and be there to support those in person. And lastly, pray for those around you. And I've had a um, wonderful opportunity a couple of nights ago. I've been praying for my boss, um, the owner of the company. He, uh, I've told him, actually, told him that night either he was going to be one of the best men that I knew in hell or I didn't know if the Lord knew him and he knew the Lord. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity to present the gospel to him. Um, did it over about two hours. I've been praying for them for a year and a half now. And, um, and so it's something that we can do here. You know, evangelism isn't something just for the Japanese or just for the Philippines. It's here too. And so pray where the Lord would use you. Pray that um, he would open doors to your friends, your families, your co-workers. Um, they need Christ. And I think one of the best ways that we can do this is to live it out. Not just prayer, but live out the gospel. And so those are some areas that um, the Lord was just working on me. Again, I'm not the Holy Spirit. So ultimately, I would plead with you to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. Whatever, whenever, however, just follow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. Lord, and I'm thankful that um, you're not just here working. Father, just to see that um, you're so intimately involved with tribes in the jungles of Indonesia, the massive cities of Tokyo, and even little old me. Father, that nothing is too big and nothing is too small. Father, your intentionality is amazing. Father, thank you for um, days like today. Great reminders. Father, I pray that we wouldn't just be thinking about how to share the gospel two times a year. Father, give us a focus or a desire, a passion to proclaim truth in a world that hates it, to be bold for you. Father, help us to live out the gospel The only way that we do that is to follow you in every step, every thought, every action. Help us to be a people committed to you. Father, we trust you and we love you. Again, thank you for my salvation. Lord, thank you for days like today where I can be shown that salvation is happening across this world. You are awesome. It's in your perfect name that I pray. Amen. Y'all are dismissed.